Then I want to talk to you about some angels in the Bible. We'll be going to the description of the angels in Luke chapter 1. We're just going to be looking at what happened there. <clears throat> you learn a lot about angels from, what, from the Christmas event. So Luke chapter 1, well, we're actually going to start in chapter 2, and then we'll go back to chapter 1. Luke chapter 2, a little description of what angels are, or what they do that is so important. Luke chapter 2, we'll start in verse 9 down to verse 15. If you would, stand with me. Let's read it together. Luke chapter 2, <clears throat> verses 9 to 15, we'll read together in unison. Luke 2, verse 9, begin. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Let's pray. Father, in just a few scriptures tonight, we're going to see some neat things about angels that sort of clarify what they really are and the fact that they are real, and that they have a great purpose, and we kind of need to be like them. They are an example of an entire race of beings that worship you and do your will and accomplish great things. So, Lord, uh, we definitely are not angels, but we can be a little bit more like them tonight if we would just listen to your word. Bless this understanding this lesson, this preaching tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You may be seated. Now, there's loads of singing about angels at Christmas. If you notice, uh, you know, we know angels we have heard on high. And hark the herald angels. I knew that angels are called herald all over heaven. Anyway, herald. But uh, half of the normal Christmas songs, I looked it up. I did a search. And half of them all have angels mentioned in there because they are a big part of what we call the Christmas story. So I thought it'd be cool to learn what the Bible says about angels, but believe me, it's a lot bigger subject than this, because I normally teach a course in the Bible Institute, as Eric said, on angels and demons, and you kind of can go really deep in a lot of different directions. But tonight is going to be a, just a simple summary of the helpful truths about these incredibly powerful beings that the Bible calls angels. Why? Why study it? Because there's some really messed up ideas out there about angels. I mean, they really, most People, without any Bible understanding, think that that's what an angel looks like. They think that those are the kind of angels that guard over children. They kind of look like, um, what's that fairy godmother in Wizard of Oz? Remember, what's that, uh, the witch of the east or whatever her name was, you know? They really, they think of these creatures like this. They think that cherubim look like this. That's what they call, you open up a Catholic Bible and it's covered with all of these images of uh, what they call angels like that. And then you can always buy little things that are just angels and you put them on your shelf. And, and that's what they think is what angels are like. But let me show you a much better representation from the Bible about what angels are. First of all, the meaning of the word angel is a Greek word. All right, it comes from the Greek language. It simply means a messenger. That's what angel means. It is someone employed to communicate news or information from one person to another. Um, it is employed, all the angels in the Bible are employed by God to communicate God's will to us. Now, another thing that's important to understand that the word, meaning of the word angel is it is a spiritual being. So we'll see a couple of times where uh, the angels definitely are described as spirits. So the meaning of the word angel, they're, they're, not, they're not your little darling daughter who's an angel. That's not true. They may be angelic, but angels are simply messengers. 
Uh, there are some facts about angels that we learn from what we call the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1. And I'm just going to give you these facts just blow by blow as we start looking in Luke chapter 1 in verse 8. Look, Luke chapter 1 and starting in verse 8. Look at the first time we see angels appearing in the Gospel of Luke. And it came to pass that while he, now if you know this chapter, it's about Zacharias. He, while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, he's gone into the temple, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot. They would, they would draw lots to find out who was going to be doing something at a certain time during this time of year. And it says his custom, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Verse 10, and a whole multitude of the people were doing what outside? Were they on their phones? Were they gossiping? What was God's people doing while God's man was in the temple trying to draw worship as a focus? They were praying without, we'd say, outside at the time of incense. You know, when it's time for church, when it's time for prayer, what should God's people be doing? Focusing on something spiritual. They should be preparing to worship. Verse 11, and there appeared unto him a what? All right, here's our first appearance. An angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw her, we might lose power, so we'll just stay with this thing. When Zacharias saw, what's the next word? Him. He was troubled and fear fell upon him. The first fact about angels is angels are male. So I disappoint you. Uh, they look like men. They, uh, they're, they're, there are no female angels in the Bible. They, uh, uh, they're only male angels, and that's just every single time it's male. And people get all upset at that. Don't get upset with me. I didn't write the Bible. I just preach it. So you see all these angels. they got long hair. They're effeminate. They're not biblical males, uh, biblical angels. Biblical angels are male uh, in the Bible. Second fact. Uh, and by the way, when you, when you see uh, this is how they would have appeared, if you see a picture with an angel talking to the shepherds, that's better. That's more like what it would have appeared like. They wouldn't have big angel wings. They would have had long flowing hair. That's what an angel more appropriately probably would look like. Look at verse 13. I'll show you the second fact. Verse 13 to 17. And the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. Notice what is the angel doing. He's making an announcement. He's bringing a message. He says, Thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him, before God, that's who Jesus is, he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now go down to verse 26. Next, next time you see this angel appear, he's not speaking to um, uh, Zacharias. He's speaking to Mary now. Verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary. Next announcement, Thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and, bear, and bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great. And he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. So the second thing that we can learn about angels is they're supposed to, they announce things. They're messengers. They're like showing up and they're saying, um, uh, in the olden days you didn't have telephones. You sent a messenger. You would pay for somebody to take a telegram. How many of you have ever gotten a telegram? Anybody here? Anybody ever gotten? 
Nobody gets those things anymore. But man, when there was an important message to send to somebody and you couldn't wait for the post to do it, you would send a telegram and they would, oh, they would knock on the door and say, I have a message for... And that's exactly what the angels do. Generally, they announce things. One of these days, there's going to be an angel flying all over this, uh, the, the earth and it's going to be announcing the end of the world. Now, we won't be here. It's called the tribulation. But... There's going to be uh, an angel going, whoa, 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 into all the inhabitants of the earth. Nobody will listen to him, but they announce things. Look down at verse 18 back there, still in Luke chapter 1, third thing that we learn about angels. Verse 18, Zacharias saith unto the angel, said unto the angel, whereby shall I know this? How am I going to know this to be true? For I am an old man. What was he just told by the angel? What was just announced to him? He's going to have a son. He was told, you're going to name him John. He's going to be great. And Zacharias says, oh, how, how can I know this to be true? I'm an old man and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am, what's his name? I want you to understand, angels have names. They have names. Um... In Jude, if you hold here, go to Jude chapter 1 and verse 9. Jude. Now, don't worry. Uh, I, you know, somebody over there wrote down all the names of the, of the um, reindeer. <laughs> they're not real. But there are a lot of people who make up names of angels like Raphael and all these things. Those angels don't exist. But angels do have names. Look at Jude. Chapter 1, verse 9. Now, this angel's name is not Gabriel. Let's look at his name. Yet who? What's his name? Michael, the archangel. When contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. He durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. So angels have names. That means they're not just robots. They're, they're created beings. You know, God likes to name things. Bible even says that God has named all of the stars, which is breathtaking to me because Jeremiah says the stars are without number. So our infinite God keeps track of all the names of an infinite number of stars. That blows my mind. He names every star. So it's, it's just he names the, um, uh, the angels. They all have names. That shows that there's a God who likes detail. He just doesn't have a bunch of of nobodies. I think it's kind of cute. Uh, how many of you ever seen the, the film um, uh, Despicable, uh, uh, Despicable Me? What's it called? Is that it? Despicable Me? Was that it? And he has all these minions. You know those little yellow banana looking creatures? And he comes in there, they all look the same. And what does he go? Stevie. You know, uh, Larry. He knows them all by name. And I think about God like that. He can look out on the crowd of millions of angels and go, hey, Michael, Gabriel, whatever their names are. That's the kind of God that we serve. Look in verse 19 now. The angel answering back unto Zacharias, saith unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. The fourth fact about angels is they speak for God. They speak for God. Now I'm going somewhere. As we learn about these things, I want you to understand there's, a, there's an example that we're going to try to put together in a few minutes of that's what we should be like. All right, I'll come back to that. You put that away in your head there for a moment. They are spokesmen. They are messengers for God. They are ambassadors from heaven. What is a Christian called? An ambassador. So when you give the gospel to somebody, you are to them like an angel. Now, not that you're angelic, you have all these harps being played around you and you float through the sky. But you are doing what angels wish they could do. Did you know in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, guess what God calls the pastors over the churches? Angels. Not that they look, sound, smell like angels, but they act like angels. That's what a pastor is. Jesus says, unto the angel of the church at Smyrna, He's talking to the pastor who's doing the work of a messenger of God. They speak for God. 
Verse 20, let's go on. Let's see what else we can find out about the angels. Behold, thou shalt be what? Now, most every wife knows her husband already is dumb. But here, he says, thou shalt be dumb. What does that mean? You won't be able to speak. And shall not be, it tells you right there, not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. I want to say this. Angels have incredible power. This angel silenced the voice of Zechariah. Now, that's not even the beginning of the power of an angel. Let's go to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 22. Let's see. Daniel 6.22. I'll start on the very back row there. Mishtevo, would you read Daniel 6.22 real loud, if you don't mind? All right, so what did God send? And what were the angels able to shut? Which is pretty cool, all right? So, you know, when I was growing up, if, if, if uh, you were surprised, you'd say, well, shut my mouth. That's what we would say. It's kind of stupid. Well, well the, this angel shut up. Uh, Zacharias's mouth, and he shut up another angel, maybe. I don't know. We don't know who it was. Shut the mouth of lions, but that's nothing either. Let's go to 2 Kings 19.35, Nathaniel. 2 Kings, Nathan Volfango, if you'll do 2 Kings 19.35, please. See what else angel kind of powers, incredible powers they have. 2 Kings 19.35. <clears throat> All right, kind of cute. We got the, the, the guy, the man with the uh, uh, analytical brain that can handle numbers and, and uh, accountants. What's, what's 100? What is it here? Uh, 100, four score, and 5,000. What is that in English? <laughs> 185,000 soldiers in one night. How many angels did it take to kill all of them? One. One. They have incredible power. Genesis 24 now. Very practical thing. Ruth, would you, do you have your Bible there? Genesis 24, verse 6 and 7. The power of an angel. 24, 6 and 7. Okay, so Ruth, do you know who is talking here? Abraham. Do you know who he might be talking to? About what? Yes, but his servant was supposed to go and somehow find a wife. And what does Abraham believe? God will send an angel ahead of you to show you the way to open doors, to bring people Angels are incredibly powerful. You have no control over them, but they are at work. And that is something to realize that God is involved in this world. He's not way up there, way far away, disinterested and disconnected. He has things at work right now, even when we don't know. God will send his angel ahead of you and make his, your way work. So, the incredible power. Let's go to the next verse back there in Luke chapter 1. We'll pick up in verse 26. <clears throat> Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. We already read this, but I want you to see something that's really neat. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. 
and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. It's as if, Gabe, uh, it's as if Gabriel knows Mary. And that's a reality. They know us. Now that ought to terrify us too. They watch us. They knew Mary by name, and the angels know us by name. Um, you know, I just wonder, as much as they know about us, I wonder if they're as disappointed with us as we are with ourselves. But they know us. If they ever, ever talked to us, they'd say, hey, Craig. <laughs> it's not like, uh, are you Craig? No, no, no. They know. They can see. And that ought to scare us. Because we think, oh, there's nobody sees me do this and that. You better understand, there is a cloud of witnesses. And one of these days we're going to stand before God and we will be so ashamed of our mouth, of our, of our eyes, of our thoughts, of everything. They know us. So, very convicting. Next one, verse 34. Go down to verse 34. <clears throat> then said Mary unto the angel. Now the angel has just told her, you're going to have a baby, and which was even more impossible than Zechariah Elizabeth, and she said, How can this be, seeing I know man, know not a man? And the angel answering said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Keep going. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, miraculously she hath also conceived a son in her old age. This is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. One thing about angels is they enjoy watching God do impossible things. I think that would really be the best thing about being an angel, is every time God has you go do something, you know it's going to be impossible and God will just do it. This angel here declared that there is nothing impossible with God. And, and he's, he's, he's not saying God promises, he says there's nothing impossible with God because he's seen it. Can I jump ahead? Because I may forget this, but I want you to store it away in your head. Can we not determine and decide that God can do anything? And that when we're praying for somebody, or when we're giving the gospel out, or when we're trying to encourage somebody, and they're like, oh, I, I just feel like God's not there, that we say, no, with God all things are possible. If an angel says that it's because he's seen it happen time after time. I need to get to the place where I see God do the impossible over and over and over again. And I need to be able to say it to anyone else. Say, I just enjoy watching God do the impossible. Verse 30. Down to verse 30. And the angel, uh, um, verse 30. And the angel um, said unto, unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and shalt bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. Um, I'm looking for, down to 33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now what is amazing here, let's go on, let's get our, uh, our next fact about this is they worship and honor Jesus as much as they would God. When he's speaking of Jesus, and when this angel speaks, the angel is, is lifting up this, this what, the, what, what Planned Parenthood and what the abortionists call a clump of clay, and this angel is saying, that is the Son of God. And angels worship Jesus, go to Hebrews chapter 1, holding your place here, Hebrews chapter 1, I lost John, let's see, I'll get um, uh, Adelina, if you would read Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 6. Hebrews 1 verse 6. First begotten. Who's the first begotten? It's Jesus. He's the 
first begotten of many brethren. But when he brings Jesus into the world, what did God say needed to happen? He said, let all the angels worship him, worship the Son of God. So angels honor and worship Jesus as much as they do God. And you should be at peace with, I worship, can I worship Jesus or do I worship God the Father? Worship both, because they're the same. Um, you know what angels cry when they are in the presence of God Almighty? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So, uh, uh, any angel, what happened to any angel that thought more of himself and less of Jesus? What did, any, what did happen to those angels? They were removed, they were kicked out of heaven. So, any angel that thought more of themselves than they did of Jesus... They were kicked out of heaven. Be careful about how much we think of ourselves. Next one, back there in Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter 2 now. Luke chapter 2 and verse 9. Lo, the angel of the Lord came. Oh, let's go back a little bit because these are the shepherds. Uh, verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord now comes upon them. Just, I just get this idea. <laughs> Just, just appears, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. I mean, they were scared enough that it hurt them. So what can you learn about that? Well, angels are glorious to see. They're like stars. It says there was glory that shone round right about them like light. It was, it was bright. Now, uh, the, the truth is, angels can be, if they want to be, as bright as stars in the sky, and yet they're not stars. So let's go to Job 38. Job 38 and verse 7. I'll ask Eric, if you don't mind, to read Job 38, verse 7. Just before Psalms. All right, so uh, I did not uh, have you read. Where, uh, go start in verse 4, because I should give you the background. Start in verse 4. 4 down to, to uh, 7, please. Okay, so context, what is this describing? Who wants to help him? Creation. And so when God created the earth, who was there watching and shouting for joy? The angels. But the angels are called, he says, the morning stars. Now, these are not the balls of hydrogen gas out in the universe. Go to Revelation chapter 9. Revelation chapter 9, in verses 1 and 2, Miss Allison. Revelation 9, 1 and 2. Hold there for a second. So an angel sounds. He sees a star fall from heaven. And to the star was given the key of the bottomless pit, verse 2. So, if you looked at this event, you would think a star just came down, and then a key was given to this incredibly bright Thing, we find out it's a being. What is this? It's an angel. Okay? An angel enters into our universe, comes right on down, grabs the key, heads down to the bottomless pit, and lets out a, letting loose some creatures out of hell. <clears throat> so they are like stars, and they are, as we read there, they're glorious. They're absolutely beautiful. Who was the most beautiful angel? Lucifer. Lucifer. 
Now, a danger with being beautiful is what? What's the danger of being popular? What's the danger of being stunningly beautiful? People are attracted? That's not the danger. Pride and you think you're beautiful. And you think you should have all of that attention. And that was, that was Satan's first sin, was so much pride that he envied the glory that went to God when he said, you know what, I'm beautiful too. <laughs> and he wanted that glory. I'm just telling you, angels are stunningly beautiful. They are glorious. They have a light and a brightness about them that look like stars. And if you ever get a chance, get you a book on astronomy. Get you a book on the universe. There's a telescope up there. It's been up there for about 25 years called Hubble Space Telescope. And probably about, you could probably get it at Easton's or whatever for about 10 euros, a picture book of stars and galaxies and nebula in the universe by the Hubble Space Telescope. When you look at just stars, they are stunningly beautiful in color, in, in the way that they are laid out. And just, it's just a starry night is stunning. But that's just a dim light compared to the beauty of angels. They are glorious to see. Let's go back to Luke chapter 2. See what else we can see here in verse 13. What can we learn about angels? Number 13. So far we've been learning about just one angel, one angel, one angel. Verse 13 is suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God, so on and so forth. So another fact about angels. Oh, I just want to show how bright radiant. I mean, that's just a star. But I want you to understand, if, if an angel ever showed his glory, it would be unbearable. You would not be able to see it, not be able to look at it. Number 10, there are multitudes of angels. There are, the Bible records there in Revelation chapter 5, uh, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands. That's 100 million that are, that are just trying to describe the number of angels that God has. Uh, Daniel, let's go back to Daniel and see two more scriptures. Daniel chapter 7, in verse 9, I will get, let's see, Brother Tony. Daniel chapter 9 in verse, I'm sorry, Daniel chapter 7 in verse 9, in verse 10, please. Daniel 7, verses 9 and 10. All right, this is the second coming of Christ in judgment, and there are 10,000 times 10,000 of angels with him, which we find in Revelation chapter 5. For time, I'll just read it. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beast, and of the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. So I heard the voice of many angels. Here, there are multitudes of angels. As we can just see, when this one angel finishes his announcement, all of a sudden, somehow, a multitude, uh, maybe millions, you don't know, there's just many angels that just opened up the sky. It must have been incredible. Number 11, back there in Luke chapter 2 and verse 13. I like it. I want you to understand the use of the words. It says, and suddenly there was with the angel uh, and a multitude of the heavenly host. And what were they doing? Okay. How, if you were going to praise God, can you do it with a frown? Not really. If you're going to praise God, what kind of emotion should you have? Hmm? Joy. Okay. I want, to, I want you to understand, they were praising God, uh, and they were saying glory to God. There's something that you can understand. They have emotions. Angels have emotions. We read back there in Job 38, it says, when the morning stars sang together, 
And all the sons of God shouted for joy. Angels have emotions. When God created man, he gave us emotions, but he had already given emotions to angels as well. Another thing. Verse 14. The angels all say, glory to God in the highest. And then watch what they wish. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You know what angels want? They want peace on earth. Now, if you were an angel and you saw everything going on on this earth and all of the abuse and you saw all the fighting, if you knew what all went on in the homes all over this world, it would be overwhelming to you. And if you knew the Prince of Peace and you saw this world in such a hell situation, you know what angels wish? Is that we had peace. What is heaven like? Is heaven at war? No. Angels wish us to have peace, wish us to learn how to have goodwill toward one another. I think that's cool. That demonstrates that they know how important we are to God. And they would love to see sinful men make peace with God and have grace with one another. Last point. Chapter 2, verse 15 says, And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them, where? They went back to heaven. So another one interesting thing, they come and they go. They don't live here, all right? There's not an, there's not an island with where angels live. They don't live here. Uh, they live in heaven, but then they drive to work every day. <laughs> Down here to her. Genesis 28, verse 12, it said that uh, Jacob dreamed and he saw a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached all the way to heaven and he saw the angels of God ascending and descending on it. So I say it this way, they live in heaven, but they work here. It's kind of an interesting thought. John chapter 1, Jesus said to Nathaniel, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So they come and they go. Now I'll give you just a brief set of extra facts about angels, throw it in for free here. Number one, they were created just before God created earth, right on that day one. So Genesis doesn't describe the creation of the angels, but we know that they're there when God creates the earth, because it says in the day that God created the earth, the angels were rejoicing. But I have to run back to the fact that there's a good little statement there in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning. So before the beginning, there was just God. And then when he started creating, he quickly created angels. He says, now watch this. And he made the heaven and the earth. And it must have been awesome. Secondly, they were created in the image of God. They had free will. All angels did not stay up in heaven, did they? They had free will. That's why they're called sons of God in the Old Testament, because they have the image of God. God has, they, God has His will, He has creative will, He has, and He gave us free will. Third, they are spiritual beings. They don't live on some planet up there like the Mormons do. They are spiritual beings. Hebrews 1.14 says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? You know, when when the disciples were on the ship and the ship was, sink, the ship was sinking and they're trying to get to the other side, the storm is beating. And then Jesus comes on the waves in the dark and he says, hey guys, you guys okay? You know what it says? It says they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. They thought they saw an angel. They didn't think it was Jesus. They said, it must be a spirit, not a ghost or a fairy but a spirit, an angel. Angels are spiritual beings and they're just as real as you and I. They do not have wings, ladies and gentlemen. They look like people. In Genesis chapter 18, Abraham's minding his own business and three men walk up to him. He says, we need to have a talk, Abraham. And Abraham says, uh, just a minute, you want something to eat? And he goes to Sarah and he gets some food and he lays it out there. And two of those are angels and they head down to Sodom to go and get Lot. Remember that? The third stays with him, and the third one happens to be Jehovah God in human form before he ever became Jesus. And he says all these incredible words. The angel says, 
I am the Lord and you will have a child. And Abraham's like, what, 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 what? Angels don't have wings. They look like you and me. Now, there are two kinds of angels that do have wings. Anybody know their names, their, their, their category? What are they called? Cherubim and seraphim. So they have wings, but they are, they are the exception to the rule. They are located around the throne. And by the way, they not only have wings, what else are unique about those cherubim? They have four faces. They not only have wings, how many wings do they end up having? Six wings. You never see anybody joy, draw an angel with six wings and four heads. <laughs> so don't go there. They're, those creatures are very unique. They are specially designed for a special purpose. They're not like normal angels. Another thought. They are at war. You need to realize um, angels uh, wrestle through spiritual war to give us answers to prayer. Daniel prays for 21 days. He fasts and he prays. And then all of a sudden, this man comes up to him and says, Daniel, a man greatly favored, I am Michael, sent unto you with the answer for your prayer request. And it's, like, it's as if Daniel says, where you been? And he says, from the day that you began to pray, I was sent forth with the answer. But the prince of Persia hindered me, stopped me. So there was a battle for 21 days for Michael to get to Daniel. Uh, another thing. They are like we will be when we get to heaven. Take your Bible real quickly. Go to Matthew 22. You can leave Luke. Go to Matthew 22. Matthew 22 and verse 30. That's Dina. Matthew 22, 30. Did you already read? Did I have you read already? Okay, good, thanks. So one day we will not be angels, but we will be like them. Okay? So once you understand the angels, the characteristics of an angel is they're able to go anywhere they need to. Nothing can stop them. They have incredible powers. We're going to be like them. They never die. So Jesus says, marriage is for now. All right? Having kids is for now. And troubles are for now. One of these days, you're going to be like the angels in heaven. Another thing about angels is they minister to and they protect believers. They will bring to you what you need from the throne of God. That's why we go to the presence of God we go to the throne of God, and God, I guess, uses angels. He uses uh, angels to restrain Satan's attack. You know, I think many of us are alive today because an angel pushed between two cars, you know, and kept us on the road and didn't allow a car to strike us when we should have been knocked off the road. I've known people give testimonies. I don't know how far to trust all these things, but you hear a testimony of somebody, and they... they they should have rolled off a, 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 a road, off into a cliff, and somehow the, the car just stayed, even though it was only on two wheels. <laughs> it stayed up enough as they turned, and they got back on the road and kept on going. And then they pulled over and looked. How did two wheels, when the other two wheels were over the cliff, how did it stay upright? Maybe angels. I don't know. I know the angels are called ministering spirits. Now you don't have, don't, don't try to talk to your guardian angel. Don't try to find your guardian angel. If you ever do meet an angel, you'll never know it. Because they don't announce, hey, by the way, I'm an angel. It says, be careful to entertain strangers. Take care of people you don't know. Because some have entertained uh, angels unawares, not even knowing about it. Because you wouldn't know. Another thought, they carry us to God when we die. Do you know the rich man in Lazarus? When the rich man died, it says he opened his eyes, and where was he? In hell. But it says, and the angels carried Lazarus to Abraham's lap, to Abraham's bosom. It must be awesome to die. I'm not looking forward to it. I want a rapture. But I should not be afraid of it, because these massively powerful angels will carry me all the way home. I don't have to try to find my way. God will make it done. There's some great things about angels. 
Four final things about angels you need to realize. Number one, they are real. They're not fairies. They're not trolls. They're not ghosts. They're as real as you and I. And they envy us. They envy a believer in Ireland. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, and I'll ask Plume if you don't mind. 1 Peter, you got three verses to read. It's verses 10 to 12. Hebrews, James, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 to 12, please. Hold there for a second. So who was, was, was learning about and get excited about the coming salvation? Start at verse 10. Okay, so who was it that inquired and searched for and, and looked forward to the coming of the Messiah and the coming salvation? It was prophets. All those Old Testament prophets were looking forward to it, but I look at verse 12 now. So the angels love to watch people get saved. They, 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 they're more interested in watching us believe God. They, they envy the privilege of getting saved. Can an angel get redeemed? Can an angel be saved? No, because they already see God. If they ever choose to walk away from God, they do fully knowing what it's going to cost them. They cannot be redeemed. The only thing that can save a sinner is childlike faith. I have not seen God. I don't understand everything, but I can believe Him. And it's by faith, by grace through faith, that God saves us. I think they watch, they love to watch Christians grow. They envy us. We get to grow. I think angels never mature. They just basically are going to stay the same all the time because they already have all the knowledge. It's like they live in Google. They have all the knowledge. They have all the... The, 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 the truth around them. They love watching us grow in our faith. Third thing, they interact with us without us knowing. Now that's important. That's why so many of us are not dead yet. But they are at work. One day, every believer will be like them. We already said that, which is pretty cool. Until then, it would do us well to be like them. Anybody name me something that jumped out at you? What is one of the characteristics that they are like that we should be like? I like that. Excellent. As soon as God wants something done, believe me, they do it. What else? And where do we have a verse that tells us to be liked? Okay. Go ahead, Nita. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? What else? And Jesus said, let your light so shine before men. I mean, I, I should have a light about me. I shouldn't be dark and discouraged and defeated. What were you going to say, Tony? I never thought of that. That's a brilliant. They loved spending time in the presence of God. Now, you don't see that in, in, in Luke, but boy, that is a great truth about angels. Anybody else see something that ought to motivate us? Eric. Exactly. Amen. Amen. Um, I, got, I, I wrote down a couple more, but just when I'm here, angels have the incredible power to do things. I have no power except prayer. And Jesus said, if you just use the faith that you got, you can move mountains like the angels can. All right. Cool, isn't it? All right. Any questions about angels? Yes, sir. No, that was not. That was an angel, but 
he just looked like it. There are, there are a lot of times, when it talks about the angels being called morning stars and stars falling out of heaven and things. So those are angels. And Jesus is called the bright and morning star, referring to the star that outshines everything else. Um, so, uh, but that was not Jesus. That was just an angel. Okay. Nope. Hmm. Because of the brilliance. Yes, I think you're right. Bill. He's not called the morning star unless you want to pick up a new Bible. All the new Bibles call him the morning star, which confuses him with Jesus. He's called the son of the morning. Okay, the son of the morning. The product of the, the, the morning, but not, not the morning star. So be very careful about what Bible you're reading, Bill. I'm going to have to worry about you. Anyway, all right, any other questions? Yes, Paul. In Revelation 2 and 3 are pastors because they're messengers and he holds them accountable as if they're angels. They should be not doing the will of the people. They should be doing the will of him that called them to be the pastor of that church. They are the angels, the messengers to that church. So that's scary. A lot of responsibility. Yeah, amen. All right, shall we stand and pray? Mm. Heavenly Father, all over this world there is a battle going on, and it, it, it is affecting Christians. But I don't know, I've, I've never seen an angel lose. I've never read of an angel losing a battle. I know that one time, Michael faced off with Satan over the body of Jesus, over the body of Moses, sorry, and he stopped and he says, the Lord rebuke you. He didn't try to take him on. But no angel ever lost a fight. God, we're, we're losing the fight today. And I think it's not because we're losers, but because we forgot what you've called us to be. We are more than conquerors. I pray that we get into the fight and we stay on the winning side and we win some spiritual battles. And we, Lord, we realize this is a good fight. It's a good fight of faith. Thank you for teaching us not only about angels, but teaching us about what we're supposed to be a little bit more like tonight. Lord, it was a wonderful night that Christmas Eve when the angels announced. Maybe this Christmas, a couple of people in this, if not everybody in this room, would be just like those angels. And we would announce, under the world is born this day a Savior, Christ the Lord. Help us to be excited about the message we can bring as ambassadors. Dismiss us, Lord. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for keeping the lights on. Thank you for bringing us out to church. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.